dreams most every night You're still looking fine High up on a pedestal I'm so glad you're mine Life here on earth is black and white The sun's not out today I will wait until the night To wash my blues away It's so quiet in my room Peace is in the air There's no place here for gloom I'm without a care I will sleep chance to dream of only me and you Tomorrow yo what's up welcome to another episode of demo listen i'm gray i'm joined as always by my co-host nathan we do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk hardcore metal and adjacent forms of mu- music that people send in to us it's typically our first time hearing the releases in question and we honestly react to whatever it is that we're hearing Sometimes we like stuff, sometimes we don't, but we encourage you to support the stuff that you enjoy, even if we don't support it personally. Go buy records, go see bands, etc. We're not striving to make objective value judgments or be professional critics or tastemakers here. We just want to put new st- stuff in front of you, encourage you to interact with it, put new stuff in front of ourselves, and confirm all of our pre-existing biases. Uh, the format for the show is also quite simple. We have 10 bands in the queue every week. Everything is listener submitted. We roll some dice and randomly select usually between five and seven bands per episode to listen to. And that's all there is to the show. Um, you got any thoughts up top? Because I got something. I got. I, I have. I had some thoughts um, inspired by the show that we played last night. All right, go ahead. So <clears throat> I started doing shows at the Bug House like four-ish years ago now okay. about uh but there was a big break in there obviously sure. about you know a year and a half or so whatever but <clears throat> in that four years as we have talked about on the show before i think punk and hardcore and diy spaces they kind of go in four ish four to five ish year cycles in terms of like new faces and new people because that is the typical period of attendance for either high schoolers or college kids sure right so and the vast majority of your base are not lifers they're transitional people or even if they are lifers they're probably especially in a city the size of fort wayne which is just a mid-sized city with not that much going for it they're probably going to relocate especially if they're ambitious artistic creative types sure oftentimes they're going to go somewhere where there's a market for that that already exists because it's much easier to do that than to try and dig a well and uh and and do your own thing and if they're ambitious creative types they pretty quickly realize that um they grow out of this because this is shit. For sure. <laughs> that's true. That's true as well. And then they become graphic designers for Nike or something right. and live a nice, comfortable life. That's right. right. So so even in that, you know, and I, I started booking shows uh, It in, in September. It will be like the 15-year anniversary of the first show that I ever booked. Okay. Uh, and I started going to shows in the early 2000s. So I've seen, I've seen a lot of stuff transition. And I will say, like, when I started booking shows at the Bug House, I was in my late 20s. And there was the the crop of kids that were were coming out to those shows veered younger, uh, but with still like a a fairly uh, a fairly well-defined crowd of people like in my own age bracket or a little younger, but they were people that I knew. Mm -hmm. And the kids that were coming out to shows were largely kids that were maybe maybe liked some of my bands or liked some bands of my friends. And though they were younger than, than me and not really peers, 
they kind of knew who myself and my peer group were, and there was some sort of social connective tissue there, right? Sure. Even though they were kids and I didn't really relate to them. And as after COVID especially, there's been like a complete changing of the guard in terms of kids that are coming to shows with like absolutely new kids, kids I've never seen before. And they're actually veering way younger. So now I regularly have like 15, 16, 17 year old kids at these shows predominantly, I would say. It's mostly young kids and us. Right. And so, and they don't know me from Jack. Like they don't know who the fuck I am. I am just the old weird man hosting these shows. So now, now there's not even tangential social connective tissue between these people. So it's really sunk into me the last few months where it's it's become more pronounced, where even the kids that were still kind of hanging on from pre-COVID, they've all moved on. Some of them are like tattooing now. Some of them moved across the country. And now it really is all these new kids. And I, for the first time, I want to say I feel entirely disconnected from the community that I am helping to like curate and foster. In, in a social sense. And like, it's really hit me these last few shows. And you've talked about it are for you, a long time. Are you are you laying the groundwork for your retirement? Plan? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, but is that, is that what you're saying? Is this your letter of resignation? No, not, not whatsoever. But it just, it feels weird because like, I, I, I have, I've found myself, I feel like I've moved fu- purely into a facilitator and curatorial ro- role at this point. Like I book the shows and I facilitate them. And I have things in common with the bands that are playing, but like, I don't have, nor should I have any desire to like communicate with these kids at these shows. And they don't have any desire to communicate with me. I'm just kind of a body in the room that like facilitates these things that are going on. And I don't know that I have like an end point to this particular observation. It's just, I knew that this moment was coming when I was like fully just kind of like, I facilitate and then I step out of the way and then just like, like let these kids do their thing. I knew that moment was coming and I think I've finally arrived at it, which I, I know is a place that you were at a long time ago. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't it, matter it, at all. It, the, moment that, the moment that it actually arrives is the moment that you no longer live in the place where you're throwing the shows. Sure, yes, yeah. Right, that's that's the moment where that tie is severed, I think. Yeah, yeah, that that, that is a big thing for right. sure. And, and, and I mean, you know, you still play the shows, that's, you know, so whatever it is, you know. But yeah, who gives a shit, really? I mean... That's the way it is. It's the way it should be. Yeah, for sure. It, but it, it led me, so I was like thinking about that, just kind of like reflecting on my own place in, in all of this. And uh, it got me thinking about like a problem that I would imagine is not unique to Fort Wayne, but is, is probably fairly prevalent in cities of comparable size and even maybe in some bigger places, which is that it seems like for the first time in a long time, actually, the crowd of folks that are turning out to shows that I'm booking and shows that I see in other cities is veering much younger than it has in a really long time, in my experience anyway. I, I feel like for a, a grip, we were dealing with mostly like 20 to 30 year old people that were the consistent showgoers. And I know in just observing other friends of mine who book shows and play shows, it's veering way younger. There's a lot of high school kids that are like interested in punk and uh, DIY stuff for the first time in in big numbers in probably like the, the last decade or so. But <clears throat> particularly in Fort Wayne, there is seems to be a dearth of like there seems to be a dearth of young bands that are interested in playing the music that they 
seem invested in on a participatory level as like observers. There's only a couple bands, like really like younger veering bands. And a lot of the bigger bands right now tend to veer older. And a lot of the bands that I book at the house tend to veer older for the most part, like sure. in my general age range. Uh, or well, the, the show last night, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah, thought control. They, th those dudes weren't no spring chickens. No, either. no. Like I think they were all like 35, 36. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, it was two bands full of grown men playing to high school playing to children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <For sure>. Yes. <laughs> but like we said before, like in that one moment of intersection, right. Who gives a shit? Yes, for sure. In that one brief moment of intersection, no doubt, but it's, it's just kind of strange. And like, I, I've tried to troubleshoot it in various ways, like like putting videos online for the, from the shows, and like it it does seem to be working on some level, but like I don't know how to. And and personally, I, I I'm only invested to a certain degree in attempting this, but like I don't know how to like make kids take the next leap. You can't. You can't make them right. You can lead a horse to water. Right? Yeah, of course, right. But it just it's it is a strange phenomenon that I'm uh, I'm observing, like. It's even turnstile, like with the biggest band in the general hardcore world right now, like a, a genuinely big band. Those dudes are like 36, 37 years old. And a lot of bands that are, are bigger in like the broad hardcore space are in my general age range, like 30 to 40 year old range for the most part. And like as a kid, it just seemed like a natural extension of doing this and being involved in it that the next thing I would do would be to start a band because it's easy and there's like an access, there's an accessible entry point for me. I just have to ask to play in this sure. basement. There's no barrier to entry. Sure. But I don't know that like, maybe it's not intuitive to young people to do that now. I'm know. not really sure. I don't, I don't know. I think it's just a lag between, you know, you know, there's a, there's a lag between developing an interest sure yeah and then developing a p capacity that's true yeah th that is definitely true so you know whatever yeah i think that that's that's all it is you know and um i don't give a fuck i i, I was ready I, I didn't know who was going to show up last night mm -hmm. i was completely ready to just basically go like full practice yeah. just for thought control <laughs> play play for a band yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well I, I i will say i the bug house has gotten to the point where even on a bad night, we at least can consistently get like, you know, 30 kids in a basement, right. which is good, good enough. You know what I mean? Right. Good enough to not be a terrible time and I can still pay a band a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So all good, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. So I mostly wanted to bring that up just because like, uh, especially in the call in section of the show, it's often like uh, an area for people to work out their fucking type five or do therapy or whatever, which is all totally fine and encourage. But I would kind of like to hear back from from people about this particular issue. Like, do you have observations about this phenomenon in your local scene? Uh, do you know, am I am I way off base? Am I biased just based on like my relatively small uh, sample size of, of personal anecdotal observations. I don't know. Talk, call in and talk about this because I think it's an interesting thing to be like personally in, in transition and also observing what I feel like is a transitional moment for like DIY culture in the sense that bands on the periphery of this scene are bigger than they have been in a very long time. But I don't know that like 
I don't know that it's uh, raising all tides per se. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, right. I don't know. Just uh, open-ended thoughts I would like to hear other people's feedback on. There you go. All right. Got anything? I just had a couple shout-outs, man. Okay. Number one, shout-out to diet and exercise. Sure. Um, you know, aside from our vacation, uh-huh. since February, I've been pretty sticking to my pretty... I'm not saying it's a strict diet, sure, but I don't eat candy. You look good. I don't good. eat sweets. I don't fucking eat garbage. I you're, don't eat junk food. No gas station snacks. You're looking tighter than you've looked in a while. Yeah. Like you're looking kind of svelte and like you know, like you could whoop some ass. Right. You know. Well, I can whoop an ass. Oh no, no doubt. But right. and and never has there been a time when you couldn't. But now you're really looking like you know you you're cutting an imposing figure in a good way. And yeah, and and uh, you know like exercise since well i mean shit since my gym closed and moved 40 miles away and then the pandemic and shit i haven't sure. been in a gym yeah you know and during the pandemic i do some fucking workouts here and there but it was never really uh consistent yeah it's difficult to put yourself in the headspace to like hurt yourself it's not not physically hurt yourself but put sure. yourself through like rigor and discomfort and pain yeah when i look over and oh there's my computer i could be playing video games right of, cu- of course you know yeah, what i mean sure. like there's no ritual space for it and i've addressed that before but like for the past i don't know two months i mean i never stopped working out i just didn't really work out sure i didn't try i worked out but i didn't really train yeah when training for anything or anything like that it's just kind of like well let's go but you know for the past couple months I've been basically doing something every day. Yeah. Right. And usually it begins with like a three or four mile walk slash run in the morning. I'm not mm-hmm. running four miles. I'll like run a quarter mile and then walk. Sure. Yeah. And then, but I just try to get three or four miles done as quickly as I can because running fucking hurts, man. It's the worst. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, and I try to, I try to like uh, do something every day. Sure. And you and I have been doing our baloney tits blasting workout. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling not a lot of tightness increasing yeah, so there. So we've been but four workouts for you, right? Yeah, yeah, four workouts. You, we, you gotta keep it up. Those baloney tits will get blasted. Yeah, right? <laughs> for sure. And uh, yeah, it feels pretty good. So like last night, you know, I felt fucking good, man. Yeah. I was ready for, for more. Yeah. You know? No doubt. Whereas I think like maybe shows we would have played maybe back in the winter or so mm-hmm. I was like fucking hell yeah for sure About halfway through the set i do feel like i'm, I'm i've lost i'm down like maybe 10 pounds yeah and i feel like i'm definitely getting back in the in the swing of not being a piece of shit yeah i think uh, i think even though i kind of i talked about this the other day to you just personally like i felt like i did okay in covid in terms of the social sense because i don't uh, I don't crave like physical social interaction in the way that some people do. Uh, and I was down to like stay in my house for a year and a half sure. and read books and shit. Sure. Like it was all good. But I, I will say that I fully fell out of habit with observing any sort of anything that could be even remotely construed as like a health, healthy personal ritual yeah, physically or otherwise food wise, whatever. Uh, and I don't know that I realized like the time and effort it would take to shake that fog off. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, I gained a fuck ton of weight. It's hard. COVID. Yeah. And, uh, and it was fully the, it was fully the result of just like bad mental habits. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I feel like now, only now, finally, and am, am I like, I think it took like a good real summer, like a fully free, like I can go do things again to be like, oh, damn, I should probably catch my uh, my personal care habits up with like the returning normalcy of the rest of my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's good. Well, you look great. Thanks. Thanks. And also shout out to uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I still haven't watched it. It's the best of the bunch. Okay. Sick. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to check it out eventually. I'm like... Uh, 
I, I, I have a girlfriend who was raised in a somewhat sheltered household that was devoid of a lot of culture yeah. and uh, in, a, in a very well, small just, town. It had a lot of a different sort of culture. It did have a lot of a different sort of culture, a lot of a, a more of a big gulp centered culture <laughs> yeah. uh, and very, very small towns. So like she hasn't seen a lot of things that I take for granted as being kind of cornerstones of my youth. Like newfangled Star Trek? Uh, new newfangled Star Trek or any or any Star Trek. I'm at gonna all. say that newfangled yes, yeah. Gene Roddenberry program. Yes, never never had seen X Files before. Uh, still, we have only gotten through the first Indiana Jones film. Yeah, uh, just a lot of like. Well, there are only three. There are only three. Luckily, yes, they, luckily they never you came know back. Shooting and made it another one. I know it's 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 really uh, it's like deeply stupid. It is, and not just deeply stupid, but like crass and sickening. Yes, actually, yes, especially. And I don't understand Harrison Ford's investment in that because like the man has made all the money that he ever needs to make. And he's like eighty. He's like eighty, and he's also like in on talk shows and stuff. He makes his disdain for these sort of like legacy roles very right. known. Right. So I don't know why. He even they got him by the him. balls. They got something on him. They got yeah, they're holding something over his head. He had a he had a Sri Lankan child bride at one point yeah. or something because he just keeps coming back and doing these franchises he has no love for. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I still haven't gotten around to watching most of the new Star Trek stuff. It's the best of the bunch. Okay. It's the best of the new ones. It's, I'll, I'll um, check it out when I can. It's it's uh, more episodic than the other ones. That's good. Um, which. You know, give or take. You sure. know what I mean. Um, I think it, there's there there are. Um, it's it's more like next generation in that where there is like beginning in season three, mm -hmm. sort of the overarching through line of the Borg and so forth. Right, right, and you see recurring themes, mm -hmm. but it's not as if every episode ends in a cliffhanger for the next. Sure, yeah. Um, so it's storytelling in that way, much more like you know the better seasons of, uh, of next generation. Yeah. And the casting is fucking really good. Sick. Uh, dude that plays Spock, Ethan Peck. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, that is Gregory Peck's grandson, I think. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, really good as a young Spock. Cool. Um, and, uh, Anson Mount's good as, uh, um, Christopher Pike. Sure. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 a. Uh, really well put together show and i don't say that lightly because normally you know me and shit like that absolutely yeah yeah no it's a it's on my uh it's on my to-do list i'm also like uh i'm i'm making time for reading again in my life for the first time and i'm embarrassed See, to say we're like exercising years we're dieting yes we're reading yeah right, <laughs> right. we're introspecting yeah I, I yeah i'm in a i'm i'm in a i'm on a self-improvement arc right yeah. now right it's, yeah. it's it's good it feels nice this feels like a this feels like a you know like midway progress report at work like, <laughs> yeah. how, how are you coming with your goals <laughs> yeah for sure i'm feeling better than i have in a long time in 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 all in all facets facets of my life and i didn't feel bad before but i, I feel like it's all really coming together yeah. i am broker than i've been in a long fucking time yeah. but uh but the other stuff is offsetting that so it's it's all good i'm, feeling, go. I'm feeling good there you go um all right you want to want to get into the show we've uh reflected on how sick and cool and <laughs> fit and healthy we're getting that's right uh so just to let everybody else know out there we're we're good. We're cool. We're sexy. We're svelte. Yeah, you're not going to believe your eyes next time. You <laughs> next see time me. you see us, we're I will be man transformed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's jump into it then. So, first up tonight, we have got uh, a band called Stalled Minds. This was sent into us by Derek. It's a band from uh, Paris, France, and uh, he described it as some garage rock stuff. 
Then we have got Hallucination Realized with Live at Chaos Compound on May 24th, 2022. This was sent in by either Jake or Tyler from the Kings of Punk podcast. Uh, Tyler plays in Hallucination Realized. I'm going to assume that that Tyler sent this over. Uh, he sent it in a while back, and technically this, this came out like this. I, th I think like, oh, you know what? Actually, they actually submitted... It just automatically goes to that. They actually submitted, I believe, their split with redundant protoplasm, which came out in May of last year. But dur from the time of submission, which was in late April, because that's how far back we already are. Well, we gotta we gotta get rid of those. Yes, for sure. Uh, so uh, it, it was it was uh, it was under the cutoff. Mm. I mean, that's that's the rules. Mm. Uh, isn't isn't that the rules as we set them forth? I don't think so. I say on every episode, just make sure that it's under a year old from the time of submission. Yeah. Which is which this is under a year old from the time mm, of submission. All right. I don't like it, but we'll go with it. <laughs> well, we've done it many, many times. Uh, then we have got Doomsday with their Rift City promo. This was sent in by Lexi. Uh, then we have got Clam with two M's. <laughs> Not a strong name, but also kind of a strong name at the same time. With their release, Care, this was sent in by Brody, who described it as some Aussie shit. Then we have got Big Babe with Pig in the City tape. Um, okay, I like that this is evidently a reference to Babe, Pig in the City. Um, this was uh, this was sent in by, by Matthias, one of his, uh, his Swedish scene reports. Then we have got Mama with Household Name. Uh, this was sent in by Bob. And I think this band is, like, legitimately kind of big. Uh, it's like 90s indie rock stuff, I think. My buddy Brian just posted this on Instagram today and said really nice things about it, compared it to like Veruca Salt and the Breeders and the Amps and stuff. Okay. Uh, but I think I think in like more mainstream indie rock circles, this record is like kind of kind of hidden. Yeah, they've been around for a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, they have. Then we have got No Heads with Concrete and Steel. This was uh, sent in by Dustin. It's a band out of Richmond, Virginia. So. Probably, probably at least kind of good. It looks, it looks just like a fucking. This looks just like a deranged records release from yep. two thousand nine. Yes, one hundred percent. Like everything about it. Did we? We was no. This wasn't in the lineup before. No, it wasn't. Then we've got Rancorous Slog with their Irrevocable Loss cassette. Uh, this was sent in by Jay from Cole Bratz, who described it as like some cryptic slaughter stuff, but with more more guitar leads. Then we have got Hippie Fuckers with their Pink Eye demo. This was sent in by Derek. Uh, different different Derek than submitted the Stalled Mind stuff. Uh, said it's like some snotty punk shit they recently played uh, in Milwaukee, and he really enjoyed it. And then last up, we have got Battle Sex with the Battle Call. This was sent in by Adam over at Convulse Records. I think we've had Battle Sex on the show before, maybe. Uh, I know I've at least listened to Battle Sex yeah, independently. I, I, yeah, I don't know if we had him on the show or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I listened to like the Battle Six demo at the very mm -hmm. least. So this is their uh, newest seven inch that came out in May. All right, and uh, are we gonna do? Yes, and then we're gonna do we're gonna do a little premiere, a little demo listen exclusive, demo listen exclusive drop uh, for uh, our buddy Adam's band. Uh, I believe I don't know who all else is in the band, but I know uh, Alex Lesher, mm -hmm. who lived in Indy for a long time, is singing for the band. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I know our buddy Adam is playing guitar for it, and he sent it over to us and asked if we if we'd be down to play a track. Yeah, they use uh, they use pseudonyms. Yes, they do. So, use and they don't actually tell you what they do. No. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So are we gonna play the song that they have the queued up to play? So the one that queued up to play is um, the last, the last track. It's considerably longer than everything else. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's it's catchy as hell, but it I is, don't know yes. if it's representative of the rest of this release. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you look down at the bottom here, the tags are all over the place. Punk, fastcore, hardcore, post-punk, post-rock, power violence, punk, space rock. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, th that's telling you nothing right. and a lot all at once. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yes. So, uh, if you're looking for a dialed-in... I guess, um, aping of an established form or a popular form. Yes. You ain't going to get it. No, not at all. Um, what you're going to get is dudes that know what they're doing, that uh, are having fun and trying to do something that's interesting. Yeah, for which sure. Which can cut one of two ways. Yes, for sure. Um, so I'm, I kind of like track five, Scrambled Channels, because it takes a bit from the other tracks, and you can kind of hear more or less where everything is going in here. Okay, cool. So uh, why don't you tell us what we're going to hear then? All right, we're going to hear track five, Scramble Channels. Okay. Okay, there you go. All right, yeah. We just heard Scrambled Channels by Serious Business off of Quality con quality Control for Contemporary Times, which is uh, an impending six-song cassette tape that Adam is putting out on his label, 18 is 9 Records and Tapes. Uh, I don't know when, when those are actually happening, but I know they are forthcoming, and you can find the entirety of this on Bandcamp. 
yeah, this stuff is sick, man. This stuff is really good. I want to say the um, the vocal performance is particularly strong on this. Like the vocal production choices are really, really good too. I think all the delay and like the little bit of distortion works really well. But even under that, even under the the effects, you can tell this is just a really strong vocal performance. Everything is recorded really, really well. I think this is like engineered and mixed incredibly well. Uh, as you noted, this is not. E this is not easy to place. There's a lot of different stuff going on here. The closest thing that I can place this to is kind of the, like, and and I don't know how Adam's going to take this. Um, given the, given the amount of shit talking that we've done, yeah, with when like established dudes that know what they're doing decide to have a little bit of fun, yeah. He, I, I don't mean this in the same way, uh huh. But um, the the closest place I can put this is like when. You know, King Buzzo gets together with Trevor Dunn. Sure, yeah. And they and and they decide to have some fucking fun. And they write, you know, you get these riff machines that write these mm -hmm. super fast, punchy little songs. Yeah. Um, this kind of sounds like something like that. Yeah, for sure, in in a good way. And I think you can tell, like, it it helps at least for me that there is like a through line of continuity for Adam and Alex in terms of a consistent participation in bands sure like it they they never really fell off they've always been playing in some iteration of like a punk or metal project for basically the last 20 years at sure, least sure and, and and just knowing adam and knowing all of his projects like i do you know you can hear all that in the guitar work on this absolutely yes there's some there if you if you know adam and you know his songwriting style there's some signature adam shit going on in this yeah. that you can that you could trace back if you know him well, to even to like Katasarka and shit, you well, know what I mean. Even earlier than that, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, so I I like I like this a lot. This is not um, this is not flavor of the month sort of shit. Not at all. But um, yeah, I, I think this is pretty sick. And as much shit as we generally talk when you hear a band like I don't know, like what is it, uh, Burnt Cross? Sure, yeah, or something like that. Like yeah, they're good musicians. They're doing good things. But mm -hmm. I feel like you know because Adam's never been fucking rich and famous. Sure. You know what I mean? It doesn't smack the same way. Yeah, no, this still has it like it, Adam's not slumming here. No, this is this still has a a uh, a genuine sort of like vitality and energy to it that I think is missing in a lot of the projects that we're we're comparing it to. Yeah. It has a similar aesthetic and presentation, uh, but with all of the things that I always feel are are absent in those projects. Noisy as fuck. I'd Super like to noisy. see. I I, I'd, I don't know if this would ever be performed live. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I'd like to see how this is pulled off live because mm -hmm. this would be an unbearable din in a basement. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and I I listen to the whole tape. I think it's all really good. Yeah, I, I encourage anybody to check this out if you like that song. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's roll the dice and see what our what our first non-demo listen exclusive is. What right? our first non-friend band is. Yes, first non-friend band. Uh, two. Okay. Two is uh, Hallucination Realized. He's a buddy. This guy's a buddy. He's not a friend. Who, who's that? Adam? No. <laughs> I was like, Adam. No, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Tyler, a buddy. Tyler's a buddy. That's right, yeah. We we haven't known him long enough or been in close enough proximity to him for right. long enough to be a true friend, but definitely shared, a buddy. We haven't shared blood and tears. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he did ask us to play their their very cool record release yeah. show. So we're at the very least right. buddy status. We don't we don't know we don't know we don't know what kind of uh you know I don't know where he stands on all the important things he needs to stand. You know? <laughs> I, I have a pretty this, good this idea. This guy might have a fucking acrylic shield and like some khakis and a white shirt at home. <laughs> 
I don't fucking know. I, I, I'm pretty confident that he does uh, not. Seems yeah. all right to me. I hope I never find out that he has that sort of <laughs> shit and rides around in U-Haul trucks. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, Tyler, if, if, that, if that applies to you, don't let us know. Um, so they got the first song queued up to play. We'll just go, go with that. So we're going to listen to Machine Called Gun by Hallucination Realized off of their split with Redundant Protoplasm. Machine Called Gun by Hallucination Realized off of their split with Redundant Protoplasm. That was really, really good. That was quite good. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I had no idea what to expect. I, yeah. just never hearing this band before, um, and when it when it first came in, I thought, okay, we're going to get a, like, a lot, like, like electronic sort of violence going on here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it just came into that really sort of chunky, nasty, mm-hmm. burly riff. Yeah. It so, really picked up for me around 55 seconds in. Yeah, for sure. Like there was a little bit of a nice transition before they hit that locked in sort of riff in the back half of the song. Yeah. And uh, I like the way it went out too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is this is quite good. Uh, I see Tyler post about this band a lot and uh, just talk about like the newer, newer material that they've put out and the new stuff that they're working on and that he feels very, very proud of it. And I, I, I can say now with confidence that it, that is a justified position to have on this. Uh, you, you should be proud of this stuff. It is it is quite good. I think Tyler, like from what I know of him, uh, is as two guys who like Grindcore a lot and say a lot of bad things about many of the grind and power violence bands that we have on this show, from what I know of Tyler and his influences, I think he he just likes all the right shit and he dislikes all of the bullshit. Uh, his influences are broad, but they are mm, well curated. I hey, will say, no fucking tupa tupa polka shit in this. No tupa tupa polka song. shit. No, and I, I wouldn't imagine there's a lot in here. I mean, his one of his favorite bands is is Gas Chamber, yeah. and I think you can tell with this too because there's a lot going on, and I think with a lesser songwriter this could this could 
come across like riff salad, but it, this actually all worked really, really well together, which I think is a feat unto itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm probably going to dive into more of the hallucination real life stuff because I was only passingly familiar. I, I'd seen live videos and stuff that Tyler had posted, but I, I hadn't really jumped into this shit. This is really, really good. I'm, I'm for sure going to check out the rest of this release. It's, it's very, very good. Thanks for sending this over. Um, all right, let's fucking keep it pushing. Three. Okay, three is uh is the clam the clam stuff. You Scott can find clam. this. Yes, yeah, Scott Clams band. You can find this at clamxo.bandcamp.com. Clam with two M's. The release is called Care. This is from uh, Melbourne, Australia, and Brody described it only as Aussie shit with no further descriptions. Uh, they have got the song Monday queued up to play. It looks like there's only two songs available for this. The actual record doesn't come out until August 19th. So uh, we're gonna listen to the song Monday by Clam off of their record Care. We just heard the song Monday by Clam off of their upcoming LP Care. Hell of an earworm they crafted there. That was very, very good. This is a band who I can see being 
in short order, much bigger than they currently appear to be. Yeah, I think so too. This, and you said that uh, Brody just said Aussie shit. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes, very right. much so. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm off base here, but this sounds like a distinctly Aussie band. Yes. Accents aside, for sure. Yeah, I right? agree. Yep. This just has that. It falls right in line with so much other Australian stuff that we hear that isn't just out and out hardcore. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be, I think, in like uh, 20 to 30 years, this is going to be like an interesting time for people who maybe weren't aware of this era of Aussie stuff to look back on and go, holy shit, like what was in the water in Australia circa... 2020 to 2030 you know ashes from the entire continent being on fire (laughs) yeah that must be what's doing it right yeah for sure because the we've said it time and time again on this we've this show we've we've even done a patreon episode uh dedicated exclusively to it but over the past several years not that there's ever been any dearth of great punk music and post-punk and everything else that you could uh, under the sun under the alternative umbrella in australia's back all the way into the 70s but uh, this last several years has has turned out an astounding, a remarkable amount of like top tier, top tier punk and adjacent stuff from Australia, and uh, I think this this fits right into the uh, current Australian punk canon. This is really fucking good. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Um, I got not much else to say. I want to hear more. I want to hear more than just two songs. Yeah, and I want to fucking. Pay the shipping. Pay the shipping. Yes, I know. <laughs> I want this record a lot. Yeah, for but sure. But I, I want to hear more of it before. before I, and man, God damn it. You and know. They're giving us 15 songs, which I really it's, appreciate. It's a proper thing, yeah. right? It's, it's $30 Australian. Yep. I mean, this is going to be 50 bucks for me to get a copy of this over here. Yeah, it's expensive, man. Import fees from Australia in particular are truly, truly insane right you now. Know, and, and maybe rich pre-pandemic, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, sure. But not now. No. <laughs> I barely got two nickels to rub together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got I got thousands of dollars in car repairs down the drain already, and I got thousands more to go before I can get yet another running vehicle. Yeah. So uh so I'm not I'm not in the market for a fifty dollar record right now, but you can bet your bottom when can, uh think about how crazy that is because what if you're in the store, mm-hmm. in a record store. Sure. What record are you dropping fifty bucks for in, in the used bin? There's quite a few of them, but I mean, it's got to really, it's got to really speak to me for sure. It's usually something of uh, of a high degree of like historical importance and pedigree. I'm seeing right. a first pressing of something like, oh yeah, I, I I need to have that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and that's that's my point. Is like the last record that I paid fifty bucks for in the store mm-hmm. was a copy of Black Dust. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, right. And um, and if I saw this record in the store, yeah, I wouldn't pay fifty bucks for no it. No way, Jose. Not even right? a chance. And that's where they get you because, like, oh, thirty Australian. That turns out that's probably like twenty. Sure. You know, U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. But then when they when you look at it, it's like twenty five dollars shipping. Yeah. Man, what a pisser. Listen to me fucking cry, but still. Yeah, for sure. What what a pisser. Well, one day when we're rich. No, there's nothing the band can do. There's nothing the label can no, do. It's no, no, for sure. what it is. It's just nuts that we just cavalierly throw it out there like, oh, a $50 record. Yeah, for sure. It's it's insane. Uh, the world we live in is uh, increasingly stupid and unlivable. Um, 
as the market is here by fifty. The problem records. is it's not unlivable enough yet. Not not yet. <laughs> we're we're just we're just ramping up to levels of inconvenience. And we're just that, we're, on that logarithmic sort of slope uh-huh. of unlivability. Yeah, we're getting to that point of detection. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's, right? That is exactly what's happening. Like yes. like a lot of people have lived in that point of detection now for most of their lives, but yeah. now a lot more of us are getting to that point of detection. Yes. And you're seeing the uh, the realization of it. Yes, but uh, we still ain't bad enough yet. Not yet, but we'll get there. Before before we die, we've got enough time left on this earth. God willing, uh, we'll see it get a lot worse. I I hope I'm dead. Yeah, I will say. In- I, I've always said like I don't want anything to happen uh-huh. unless I am still. That's another reason for diet and exercise. Hey, able body. The yeah. experts have been right the whole time, mm-hmm. guys. I'm just gonna tell you right now. If you're listening, it's only gonna get worse. Yeah. It's only going to get worse. Don't take your youthful body for granted. Mm-hmm. Get yourself in prime physical shape because you're going to fucking need it in less than ten years. I actually had a dream last night that I was uh, that I was like um, uh, pitted, pitted against roving bands of like uh, neo fascist uh, conservative like weirdo redneck guys. Yeah, and it was more of a nightmare yeah. because I was well under trained compared to what they were doing, and I was like pinned down in my house and was having to tell my girlfriend to go hide, and I just had my little handgun against all their AR-15s and right. stuff. So that anxiety is starting to manifest in my actual, yeah. in, at least in my subconscious brain, and um, I I do a pretty good job of compartmentalizing and beating it down. But uh, I think it's important now that we prepare ourselves for the impending civil war, and in 20 years. Um, you know, a $50 record from Australia will seem like a, a triviality, a triviality, a right? quaint, a quaint remembrance right. of better times, a triviality when you're, when you're looking for, uh, you know, when you're looking for ammunition from right. the body of your fallen neighbor, cause he decided to flip his wig at you. Yeah. I'm going to be scooping cat food out of a can into my fucking hungry goal yeah. just to keep, stay alive one more day. It's only going to get worse, man. <laughs> it's only sure. going to get worse. Yep. You know, and that's, but, but like not to dwell on it and not to like, you know, get all fucking weird but like yo look at how like gym culture has been turned into at least in the states has been turned into like this weird hyper political like nationalistic bro thing like it's always been kind of a jock thing but now you got jocks with thin blue line flags yes and they're and, and like big beards and uh, the flag and the beard and the weights are what they live for. And they drink they drink really cool stuff like liquid death and, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. black rifle coffee because my coffee's a you know yes. uh, my, my I <laughs> I okay hold on yeah. I gotta slow down because I almost said a whole string of really <laughs> bad words I almost said a whole string of really bad words sure. right there. Let's just say. Black Rifle Coffee's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> very dumb, yes. Uh, and also, you know, it's uh, it's easy to take for granted living in the first world, uh, the fact that we have certain modern conveniences that even the poorest among us have access to for the most part, uh, with the exception of our true, the truly most marginalized communities in our nation. But it's easy to forget that much of the world lives in uh, pre-industrial, <laughs> pre-industrial uh, right. Uh, conditions and right. uh, it would be a short fall from grace to arrive back there once again for the rest of us. That's right. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility That's in our right. lifetime. So have to relearn some skills real quick. No doubt. <laughs> so maybe that that's that's the next chapter of my self improvement arc. Yeah. To acquire some sort of applicable survival skills. Adam and I always used to kind of joke about like starting like militant training camps for the inevitable downfall. Yeah, and stuff for sure. And getting ourselves in shape. Of course, we never did. Yeah, it's less of a joke now. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyway, 
That was real good stuff. That was really good stuff. Thanks, Clam. I hope I hope the memory of Clam survives the apocalypse. Yeah. Let's roll the dice. Eight. All right. Eight is uh, Battle Sex with the Battle Call. You can find this at convulserecords.bandcamp.com. The song that they sent in initially, because they did send this in before this record even officially came out, uh, was uh, the title track and opening track, The Battle Call. So we're going to hear that. heard the battle call off of the seven inch of the same name by the band battle sex from denver nate how'd you feel about it that was really good indeed i kind of wish that song was longer yeah i wish we had more time to sort of sit down and 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 think about those riffs and enjoy them there's a lot of good riffs in here um yeah that was really good um i don't have much else to say about it because it was good it was the thing i like about it is um yeah the riffs yeah the riffs are great they they name check uh anti-semics in the write-up which is apt for sure pulling from that entire uh, lineage of, like, rock and D-beat shit. So it's really good, and it is an example of something that I've said about Convulse many times before, which is that at the worst from Convulse, you're getting something that is still at least a B minus, like real solid. Sure. And this is this is, I would say, above a B minus. This is really quite good. But like even at Convulse's wor- uh, worst, I think Adam's curation uh is is pretty on point. You're never gonna get something that's straight up bad. Yeah. Every Convulse release is some some degree of good or great. Well, the, uh, some things you will get bad. Yeah. Number one, like I said, I wish that song were a, even a minute longer. Sure. Yeah. Right bit more wanking. Yeah. That's what I, I want. I could take more wanking, yeah. Right? The artwork for this is abysmal. The the artwork for this is, uh, is like, frustratingly bad. That is true. Because if I saw this... Uh, in a in a record band, I would I'm, I would maybe flip it over to see like what who put this out, no. um, and then pick it up if I saw that it was on, on Convulse. But like if I weren't feeling uh, particularly adventurous that day, I probably wouldn't even give this a second thought. It is abysmal work. Yeah. It is it is grayscale woodland camo. Yes, with the band's logo, Battle Sex, and 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 the name, the Battle Call. You is can like barely see it. Barely legible. You could it. That could have at least used like an additional stroke around it or something, yeah. like the logo. And then there's like a you know basically like an image like a, of a powder horn. Yeah, for sure. So so one thing I got to say is that I think I think uh, th- this is less a thing that occurs now, but back in the day, 
oftentimes bands had to run shit by a label before it came out. And like a label owner in many ways operated in the same capacity that um, like an editor at a comic book company function mm-hmm. where they would be like, hey, guys, this uh, this cover isn't it. And while on one hand, I am a big fan of like full artistic freedom on the other, especially when you're dealing with a bunch of unruly punks, smelly, smelly, spiked haired types. I think it's OK to step up and say, guys, this this record's great. The cover is abysmal. Well, Let's do better. I'll the, give you $200 to hire a graphic designer. The art is actually credited to the Battle Lord. Okay, which I, I got to imagine is is somebody in this band. I have to imagine. Yes. Um, don't let them do the art anymore. No more. They have no vision. Because I, I can tell this was done like, I don't even think this was done on real Photoshop. This was probably done on an app that is similar to the one I use on my phone to e- edit like my product photos. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really bad. I make show flyers on my phone that look better than the cover of this. When, when you look at the, um, the, the collection of artwork on uh, convulse releases, uh-huh. This stands out as so fucking bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it does. For sure. So, so you know what, Adam? You're a, a you know what? Fuck this band. Yeah, fuck Battle Sex. Fuck this. Fuck this fucking band. <clears throat> Adam, don't be scared to tell your bands, hey, let's do a little bit better on this. Um, I, As we've said on this show, complete package is more important, at least to me, than it ever has been. In the course of my involvement with punk and hardcore and metal music, I need to see something to immediately go, Okay, this piques my interest because there's too much shit for me to stop and check out every B-rate looking thing. And this definitely looks B-rate. But but, but musically, it's not B-rate at all. It's this, quite good. This makes me want to go listen to an Epsi. Yeah, for sure. And I can look at the cover of City Weapons, which is fucking dope, while yep. I listen to dope fucking songs that are at least a minute longer than this. Yeah. And also have good riffs. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that's, my, that's my only critique. On the next one, Battle Sex, let's, uh, let's outsource the graphic design. But other than that, good stuff. Another another hit from Convulse. What can I say? Yeah. A reliable label. One of the more reliable punk and hardcore labels out there right now. Let's roll the dice. They almost crossed the line. Yeah? Almost crossed the line with me. Almost had me doing a 180. Because of the art. The more I ruminated on the art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Four. All right. Four is uh is Mama with household name. You can find this at Mama, M-O-M-M-A, band.bandcamp.com. They are from L.A., like I said, I've seen a, an increasing number of people that I know uh, posting this shit and enjoying it. I checked just for for shits and gigs. They're uh, they're like Spotify monthly listeners. So in comparison, that clam stuff that we heard had like thirteen thousand monthly listeners on Spotify. Uh, this mama stuff has two hundred something thousand monthly listeners on Spotify. And then for a, a reference point that I imagine will be at least somewhat apt, Wet Leg has like two million monthly listeners on Spotify. So they've got a ways to go. They're they're ten times smaller according to Spotify streams than Wet Leg, but uh but still considerably bigger than another thing that we've heard tonight that could conceivably be kind of popular. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I have no idea what the litmus test of popularity is based on streaming numbers. Right. I'm completely divorced from that world, and I don't really know what any of it means, if anything. So it means nothing. It probably means nothing. But I have seen people whose tastes I know and trust uh, posting this record and saying that it's one of their favorites of the year. So okay. we are going to listen to the song they have queued up to play, the second song on the record. Uh, we're going to hear Speeding 72 by Mama off of Household Name.
heard the song Speeding 72 uh, by the band Mama off of their record Household Name. Also, just as uh, a, an additional uh, reference point for the Spotify listenership, uh, compared to uh, the band Wednesday, who we really liked and who is in a, uh, a, a similar space to this, mm-hmm. Mama has about uh, twice as many monthly listeners as Wednesday. So there you go. We... we Again, I don't know what any of that means, but I do remember when we <laughs> discovered when we discovered Wednesday, uh, some people told us, oh, that band's actually really popular. <laughs> no, I'm reminded of a uh, conversation I heard on actually shortwave radio uh-huh. um, when I was in college. Yeah. Listening to weirdo coast-to-coast adjacent sort of shit yeah. while I was studying. Sure. Somebody was talking about some medication. Okay. Or some sort of something, some sort of like yeah. th- treatment for eyes, uh-huh. right? This was fucking you know this was 25 years ago so mm-hmm. my, my my recollection of exactly what they were talking about is a little hazy sure but it was some sort of like you know alternative treatment for some some like you know we'll say eyesight yeah and i remember the person who called in saying and studies have shown that you know this treatment produced a difference of uh nine diopters mm-hmm. and the host went wow nine diopters and the guy called in and said I, I don't know what a diopter is but nine sounds pretty good <laughs> hell yeah dude and i feel I, I had a total flashback to that moment like talking about <laughs> plays and, and then as if yeah. so you, you come up front talking about plays on spotify but then you're like but i don't know if that means yeah. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being fully forthcoming about that i don't know if that's good I know it's a lot more than most of my bands get, but it's a lot less than bands seemingly in the same general world get, so I don't fucking know what that means. I will say, this was pretty catchy. A good earworm. When they hit the chorus, particularly, I was kind of all in on it. Yeah, that's the, the chorus is where it clicked for me. The chorus definitely clicked. Um, this was not nearly as immediately arresting to me as like the aforementioned Wednesday. The minute that came in, I was like, oh yeah, this is my shit. This took a minute to grow on me and still at the conclusion of the song, even though I was like, yeah, this is good. It's very well crafted. There's maybe a bit too much of a sheen on it for me, but I will listen to some more of this record and see if maybe, I mean, this was queued up to play intentionally. It might be that this is the most accessible song on this record. Uh, and they queued it up for that reason, yep. you know, because my buddy Brian, who is uh, a man of exacting tastes and demands of his music, favorably compared this to Veruca Salt, The Breeders, The Amps, uh, That Dog, and various other 
like indie right. rock and in the hope, 90s. Hopefully it's hopefully that comparison goes further than just it's women playing indie rock. Yes. And and Brian is smarter than to make that comparison just because it's it's two women playing indie rock that is at least passingly informed by 90s alt stuff. So right. I'm going to assume there's more of that in the rest of this record. And I will dig into this and listen to it because it was pleasant enough that even if the rest of the record is only as good as this, I'm not going to feel bummed that I listened to it. I may just not rush out to purchase it either. Um, but it was pretty damn good. Um, I will say, I pray that the young woman pictured here in the band photo Put that cigarette out. Stamp it out. I know. There was a line in the song about uh, filling up filling the ashtrays. Up My God, you're killing yourself. You're killing yourself. Don't you know what's coming down the fucking <laughs> yes. road? You need to have healthy lungs because you you're going to be you, doing some you, running. You won't need healthy lungs in a healthy body. Yes. Trust me, all this fucking alternative rock shit ain't going to fucking matter in 10 <laughs> years. And I fucking guarantee you, Vladimir Putin is going to drop a nuke before he dies. Yeah. It's a whole fucking reason he's invading fucking Ukraine <laughs> yeah. is because he's a narcissist and he's dying, and he doesn't want to go out with a fucking whimper, right. and he's going to go out with a big fucking bang, <laughs> and when that happens, everything fucking changes. Yeah. And you're going to regret every goddamn coffin nail you put into your fucking lungs. <laughs> That's right. So, for the love of God, stamp that cigarette out. Make your fun. Summertime indie rock, by all means, cling to this moment for dear life because it's fleeting even at the best of times this moment is fleeting but we're not in the best of times we're approaching the worst of them plus i bet you stink yeah exactly you stink yes let's just let's just put it up there <laughs> yeah. you fucking stink yes cigarettes are one the at the after smell of cigarettes is one of the worst smells of all time yeah and no matter how how uh, devious and conniving and secretive you think you are, you're not hiding that smell. Because Zaven, when we first started dating, when we first started seeing each other, not really dating yet, but just hanging out, she would smoke cigarettes on occasion. Right. And I would, I could smell them in her hair. She thought she got them. And I would say, you smoking cigarettes? She goes, no, I'm not smoking cigarettes. You fucking stink. And I fucking knew. You fucking and she, stink. she was damn close, but I, I could pick it up. And I'm letting you know right now, Nothing you can do will hide the stink of those cancer sticks. Right. So, right. And, and, and on you, on your breath, yep. on everything. On your clothes, you on fucking, your gear, you your fucking car. stink. And you're a fucking litterer. Because yeah. I guarantee you, you're just <laughs> flicking those nasty-ass fucking butts on yeah, the ground. Yeah, for sure. Yep, just filled with carcinogens, getting into the natural ecosystem. What a fucking scumbag. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yo, I... I generally can't believe that young people are still picking up the habit of smoking in 2022. Yeah. That's bonkers. It is crazy, right? It's, it's a fucking new thing, nuts. right? Well, we just, hey, we came off the top saying that this is, we're no longer, we, we feel no real personal intersection with the, with the up-and-comers. Sure, yeah. How do we know what's going on? I, I only threw my anecdotal observations, right. and this young woman is smoking a cigarette. This fucking scumbag <laughs> this is fucking smoking a cigarette, littering everywhere, and fucking stinking. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've had enough of it. Right. Mama is <laughs> excised from yeah. my brain. Mama, I'm not coming home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, all told, good stuff. I'll check out the rest of this record, but please, for the love of God. Don't smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I thought this was okay. I didn't even talk about what I thought. Yeah. I, I I sat here the whole time thinking the only reason I like this is because of the singers. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right? Yep. Because this is the sort of indie rock where if a dude was on it, yeah. I am fucking out because it's very slick. There's no fucking, there's no fuzz. Yeah. And you might say, yeah, but you liked Wednesday and you, and you liked Wet Leg and you like all that shit. You, you know, yeah, I did. True. But this was... This was towing a line for me. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 
there were times like the chorus I legitimately liked. Yep. And the, but there were there were times where I'm almost like, gosh, I almost feel bad about liking this because now this just feels like this feels like uh, shit that I would hate if it was a dude in front of it. For sure. And also, this is like you know, ten or so years ago, my my many of my contemporaries when I was trying my own hand at making a big guitar indie rock record, uh, were starting to dabble with this, but there were still too many uh sonic ghosts of the emo that they were coming off of and there was still there was kind of a little bit of that in this it felt it felt distinctly contemporary like this didn't feel like 1992 no no it certainly didn't it's too slick at least this song i will listen to the rest of this and i'll probably end up like liking this sure yeah but you'll never catch me copping to it <laughs> for sure I'll, I'll happily cop to it if i end up liking the rest of this record but i won't cop to it because i don't want to be associated with a nasty fucking stinker that's right <laughs> mama decent songwriters but nasty stinkers yeah okay so let's uh let's roll the dice two all right two is uh doomsday with their riff city promo so uh, you can find this at slamrecords.bandcamp.com, which is a label based out of Los Angeles that I am not personally familiar with. Um, this is a five-song promo. That's a hell of a promo. I, you're, the, whatever's coming out better Yo, have like 15 songs this, on it. This is actually twice as much music duration-wise yes. as you get on that Battle Sex 7-inch. Yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> we got a three, two three-and-a-half-minute songs to lead you off, then a minute and 12, then 251, and a minute 41. So, I mean... For a promo, you're getting a lot of fucking music, which is what I'm saying. Like, this better be a promotional release for something that is at least 15 or 16 songs long. It's one It's one more song. Right? They yeah. just have to finish yeah. that one song. Yeah, for sure, and they just couldn't wait. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they, got the, uh, they got the first song queued well, up to play. one of the songs to cover. Uh, There's an Iron Age cover. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, you mean... <laughs> Are you just you're just saying that the name of the song is Iron Age, so you're just saying it's no, a cover of an Iron Age. Iron song. Age originally by Iron Age. Oh, really? Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, so the first song is queued up to play. Uh, the fact that they're covering Iron Age gives me a good idea of what this is probably going to sound like. But let's find out. We're going to listen to "Depths of the Abyss" by Doomsday off of their Rift City promo.
All right, we just heard the song Depths of the Abyss by Doomsday off of their Rift City promo. Sonically, very apropos for a band covering Iron Age, for sure. And this was after, as soon as Nate pointed out there was an Iron Age cover on here, I, I knew pretty much exactly what I was going to get with this, and indeed, they delivered on that. You know what? This is, this is a, a solid entry in the long line of Corman playing thrash metal, playing crossover, right? You can, you can put this right, as, right alongside Iron Age or Power Trip or Red Death or Foreseen, Take your pick of bands that have done this in the last 10, 15, 20 years. And I thought that th this was a, a, um, a laudable and solid entry into that, into that overall canon. Not something that I think is going to stick with me particularly, just because it's something that has is, is truly been done to death. And I need, um, I need examples that really go above and beyond the call of duty with this kind of stuff for it to stick in my brain. But I'm never mad at hearing something like this when it's done this well. The production was slick, but not too slick. and wasn't overproduced. Um, the three and a half minutes didn't drag on too long. I thought they used the time pretty well. There wasn't a lot of depth and like variation to the riffs. I could have used like a, a little bit more just like creative juice in this, maybe a little bit more speed and ferocity. But like I said, I got no beef with it either. If I see a band like this on a show, I'm not bummed. If somebody puts this on in the car, I'm not bummed. It was good in every regard, just not remarkable. This this sounded um, this sounded basically like an. In how do I want to put this? You mentioned other bands that precede this that are you know sort of on the cutting edge sure. of this sort of stuff of core men going and playing like thrash yes. and crossover and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, this sounds like an entirely modern interpretation of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This sounds like a second or third generation take mm -hmm. on that. Yeah. Um, but that's not that's not a slide. I thought this was pretty solid, but this definitely sounds like it's in the imitation phase. Yeah. Rather than the inspiration phase. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. And which is fine. I mean, that's a, that's a necessary place to, to be at at some point when you're doing this kind of stuff. No, no slight, no diss against it. Uh, I think that this is this is good. I don't think it's like I don't think this band has a ton of steam yet, but I like I looked at their social media and they're playing shows with like cool bands and stuff. And I think this is a maybe their first like proper proper release i think maybe they have like a demo or something before this but i mean uh a a, a promising start for sure yeah um, sounds good yeah and I, I it actually did sound good i mean recorded mixed and mastered by the band too so oh no shit yeah yeah sick okay they they obviously know what they're doing um so we only got um we only have like three voicemails uh if you've got the time to do it you want to listen to another band i know you got to go fishing in, in the next hour or so how many bands we got done Oh, uh, so you, you know, let's do it. You fucking hung it on me like that. It's, no, it's we could have said off the air. Uh -huh. like, <laughs> I could have been like, hey, I got to go fishing. <laughs> well, we've done we've done five bands from the queue. And then we did that one. All right. We did but, the but one. See, you per, hung it on me. Year. So let's go ahead and do one more band. OK, we I can, should I should have been like, yo, I got to go fishing. So let's just wrap it up after this. Yeah, well, we get we only have three messages to do. And we can blaze right through those. Yeah, OK, one so more. yeah, one more. Three. All right, three is uh, no heads. I was interested to check this stuff out because it's out of Richmond and it looks cool. Uh, so you can find this at no-heads.bandcamp.com. The release is Concrete and Steel. It's just two songs. We'll listen to the uh, we'll listen to the title track. So we're gonna hear Concrete and Steel off the release of the same name by No Heads.
world Pressure you can't lose Knowing the pressure's always on We have been casted Casted out of steel Casted Her concrete and steel off the record of the same name by no heads how'd you feel about that so if i ever wanted to know what an oi band pulling from classic richmond bands would sound like yeah 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 for sure right yeah because man yeah this is oi influenced mm -hmm. i don't think i'd call this oi not quite no not quite yeah I like this a lot. It's good. It's real this good. This gave me a lot of good, warm feelings about old bands from Richmond and just of that general era. For sure, yeah. That I look back on. and uh, But at the same time, it did have some good bite to it. At the bottom, it says, like, Oi Punk, Street Punk, UK82. Okay, so if that's true, and what we said with the last band was fully in its in its imitation phase, mm -hmm. this is a band in its inspiration phase. Because, yeah. like, I did not hear blatant fucking Oi or UK82 in this, but no. I did hear enough of an anchor point that, like, the imagery and so forth made sense. Yeah, for sure. This is, like, this is not as post-punk as Second Empire Justice Blitz. It's definitely taking from, like, transitional, like, 7-inch, like, uh, New Age Blitz. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not even that anchored to Oi. It's anthemic, a, and it has the yeah. leads and, like, that sort of... Um, the melodic quality of Oi and street punk, but it's it's doing something else. And also, the post-punk is not really very pronounced in this. Like, there are elements of it at play here, but it's not, it's not that. It is a distinct thing. This is just kind of, which is, this is not a thing that I normally even really like at this stage of my life. This is kind of just anthemic punk. Yeah. But it's good. It's good. It had enough of a callback to, you know, as, you know, Oi and other, as, you know, other acts that I associate with Richmond mm -hmm. that it had my ears uh, tuned in the entire time. Yeah, for sure. It sounded good too. Uh, the recording was solid. I will say I maybe would have preferred like a warmer analog sound to this kind of stuff. Like I really like all of the French stuff, like Oi adjacent stuff, the contemporary French Oi adjacent stuff. I really like the production quality on all of that shit. And I think it, it serves the music really well. And I would be interested to hear 
this with those same uh, sort of production techniques. Mm-hmm. But I, I, the recording was crystal clear without being uh, having like a uh, kind of like a repellent sheen on it. It, right. was, it was still real anchored, uh, not over the top. The production suited this well. I just would kind of be interested to hear this more analog. Like I would be interested to hear this recorded uh, with like Homeboy from Career Suicide or something, hear this like really properly done to like tape. But that said, like I said, sounded good, was good, really catchy. We'll listen to the other song. We'll probably go back and check out what they were doing uh, four long years ago as well. But uh, another another solid entry in a, a long line of Richmond bands who know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking about Richmond like yesterday or the day before. Just like what a... What an unbroken lineage of good shit has, uh, well, we were talking about like the, the process of self-perpetuation because we were talking about how Fort Wayne kind of touching back on what I was talking about at the beginning of the show, like Fort Wayne is not big enough. And even Indianapolis is, is not, not enough of a cultural epicenter to have an unbroken through line of like punk through the years. There are, there are big boom and bust ebb and flow periods. And, um, Richmond, for a city of its size, as we discussed, largely off probably because of not only its early history with punk and hardcore and metal, but its location and dense, densely populated East Coast. Yeah, exactly. It has for a city of its size has like a a truly remarkable historical lineage, like unbroken historical lineage of great shit. Um, And like I said, another another uh, valuable entry in that in that historical record. This was real good. So let's uh, let's listen to our messages and then get out of here so you can go torture torture some aquatic aquatic animals with they, your with your like biting it. hooks. They like it. Do you think so? They get a free meal. <laughs> they, they get a little exercise. Yeah, sure. Right? And they don't give a shit because they're fucking meat robots, man. Right? You wouldn't feel bad about hooking a telephone. <laughs> yeah, it's when just, you put it that way, it's just a thing that, that <laughs> right. you know. Sure. That's a, that's all a fish is. Right. Just like a telephone. Yeah, a meat robot. <laughs> Right, you, you you go fishing for your Roomba, right? Put out a fucking line, yeah, so it gets tangled up in the Roomba. Uh-huh. If you got one, yeah, reel it in. Same same principle. same fucking thing. Okay. Hey, D. Smokey Johnson again. Uh, sorry, so many of my messages got onto your show last week. Uh, you know, uh, I had a lot to say over a short period of time. It seems like everyone's taking a break for a while and come back. That's cool. Hope you guys had a good time out doing your shit. Um, anyway, on today's episode of the D. Smokey Johnson Show, since I have uh, usurped your program from you, evidently, based on my airtime, um, I would like to talk about a particular band and see what you guys think about a particular band that I'm a big fan of. Um, it's an earlier crossover band who I think, which, you know, crossover bands, humor is a staple of the genre. I think this band particularly handles humor in a good way that is uh, not annoying and is still funny, but is still vehicled by music that is kind of hype and sick and fast. Uh, But all deliberation aside, this band is Adrenaline OD. They got that rock and roll gas station song. I like gas stations. It's good subject matter for a song, uh, especially a hardcore punk slash crossover thrash song. What do you guys think about Adrenaline OD? Let me let me hear about it. Thank you. Bye now. Booty meat. Booty meat. Booty meat this time. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So do you have strong feelings about AOD? Because I don't really. I like adrenaline OD. Yeah. I like what I like most about adrenaline OD. I think is um, Fenris screaming rock and roll gas station in his apartment. Yes. As he's listening to adrenaline OD in sure. some interview with him years yeah. and years ago. Yeah. That's so. Like every time I think about adrenaline OD, I just see. Fenris's bug eyes like rock and roll gas station and he's like screaming along with it and talking about you know extolling the, extolling the album I have a couple of Adrenaline D albums I like it a lot yeah AOD is good uh, I've, I haven't spent as much time with AOD over the years as that I haven't spent enough time with them to I think um, provide like a, a qualified or valuable insight I think that they are a good and fun band I think the only AOD record that I personally own is uh, the one from 89 um, it was a cruising with Elvis and Bigfoot's UFO, I think mm -hmm. is the one. That's the only one I own, a, like a physical copy of. Uh, and I think the one right before that, Humongous Fungus Among Us, and then the first one, um, Wacky Wild, or uh, I can't remember, Wacky Hijinks of mm -hmm. AO, Adrenaline OD, maybe. Um, I think those ones are generally more lauded than the sure. one that I own. Sure. I think by that time, maybe they were, uh, they were like, had departed from their roots a little bit more than, than most people would probably prefer. And I, I don't, I think that's firmly out of like the classic era of a AOD, but even that material I think is fun. Um, and I'll, I'll put that on to spin every, every so often. So yeah, I think they're a good fun band that is not off talked about. I'll probably uh, set aside some time and do a deep dive and, and like go back and listen to the early material because I, frankly haven't done so in, in many years like actively listen to that band so yeah uh there you go aod an off overlooked band from like the early to mid era of like hardcore and crossover that is is like not really talked about frequently in my experience uh let's hear the next one hey guys this is chris from goldenguitargods.com that's goldenguitargods.com check my website yeah you know i gotta agree with that fella adam last week on the voicemail i've been uh Thinking about it, and y'all want to go to some bigger shows. You know, I remember back going to the Coliseum Palladium back in 79. You know, we seen some great shows. Was, you know, you had ACDC, Aerosmith, Al Green, Al Stewart, Albert Hammond, Albert King, Alice Cooper, Allman Brothers, Boy Dukes, Ambrosia, America, April Line, Argent, Armageddon, Arkar Funkel, Atlanta Rhythm Section, Atomic Rooster, B.B. King, Bad Company, Bad Finger, The Band, Barbara Streisand, Barry White, Bay City Rollers. I mean, all that shit was great, man. You got you to gotta get out to some big shows. I mean, back then, it was just about, you know, it was about the Blue Cheer and the Blue Oyster Colt and the Blues Creation and the Bob Seger and the Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. I mean, all that was great shit, man. You know, we'll talk more about it later, baby. But, uh, you know, get out to some big shows, man. Have a good time, baby. Quit being queers. Drink a beer. That might help you like it a little more. All right. Uh, and, and, oh, I, I forgot to mention, uh, we've seen Cactus, Canned Heat, Captain and Tennille, Captain Beefheart, Carol King. I I really like going down the alphabetical <laughs> list of these fucking bands. Yeah. I want to know if those were in hand. Or from memory. Or, or from memory. What's odd is I have... Within the last week, I have listened yeah. to Atomic Rooster, uh -huh. Armageddon, Cactus, and I'm sure a few others that he mentioned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I it, it was it was literally like going through the miscellaneous rock section at like a shitty record yeah. store. Yeah, like right down the line alphabetically. Yeah. So, Joe, if you if you had those, it just straight in your brain, and you were just running this through is that. Chris. 
Well, that's right. I'm sorry. Chris from GoldenGuitarGods.com, not Joe Stevens. It was Chris. Uh, if you if you just had those bands, like you were rattling that litany off, just off the dome, genuinely hats off to you because that is that was very impressive. I I, I it perfectly recreated the feeling of flipping through that that miscellaneous rock and pop section. Um, so yeah, maybe he's right, man. Maybe we do just need to man up, stop being queers, have a drink, and we'll have a better time at those shows. All right. All right, let's uh, see the last one. Hey, you pedantic nerds. It's me, Fatty. Just wanted to check in, haven't talked called in a while. Um, yeah, I'm getting married tomorrow. <laughs> uh, figured I'd better do it before it becomes illegal again. Um, and they try to tell my husband he can't see me at the hospital if I hurt myself at work or something dumb. Anyway, we live in a beautiful world. Um, I don't know. Just call and chat, say hello. Uh, still loving the show, as always, of course. Uh, gotta, gotta, gotta hook up. See how many, uh, crawfish we can stuff down our gullet. Um, well, and, and tofu. I'm not implying that vegetarians only eat tofu either, Gray. I was just, uh, saying, you know, what first popped in my head. Anyway, uh, just shooting the shit, I guess. I don't know. Keep up all the pedantic takes. It's uh, fun to know that I don't actually know anything about heavy metal music. Later. Well, hey, congrats on your marriage. Fanny. Yeah, congrats it, on your marriage. It is probably good to get in, uh, get in before the Supreme Court decides that that is also an unprotected Dude, right. They're coming. They're, they're talking about all sorts of wacky shit. I know. Uh, they're talking about uh, prophylactics. Yeah, I know. The right to that. Hey. Um, notice, notice that Clarence Thomas, uh, in, in in his uh, in his basically uh, signaling as to what cases he would like to re- repeal, yeah. regarding gay rights and just privacy rights, mm-hmm. he avoided Loving v. versus Virginia. Didn't yeah, that's, that's he so didn't strange. have anything to say about Loving versus Virginia. <laughs> yeah. hmm, isn't that odd that Clarence didn't have anything to say about that privacy <laughs> right? What a fucker! Yeah, for sure. You know what? I, I'll just say this, and uh, remember, uh, for the FBI agent listening to, into the show, this is a comedy podcast. But I will say. Um, you know, even in a country where guns are largely accessible, inaccessible rather, somebody took the initiative. They made their own Fallout style weapons, <laughs> yes, and they out ble- of rocket engines and pipes, and they blew away a shitty nationalist. <laughs> they, they they blew him away in public. So I'm not. Was Shinzo Abe a shitty nationalist? Oh yeah, baby. Was oh, he? Oh yeah, <laughs> big, big time. Yeah, dude. He uh, he's his whole. Uh, I mean, on one hand, he like it's it's always the du- the double edged sword of those type of people, right? Like every every person, like major political uh, figure around the world, tip their hat to him as a, uh, an astounding statesman. But in fact, like many of his policies were rooted in like getting back to, like uh, Japanese military expansion. Uh, that many of the country's uh, values had shifted away from Japanese imperialism, which he favored. His father was also, uh, father and grandfather were also like deeply tied into a lot of like hyper wild nationalist stuff, uh, denying like uh, genocide. <laughs> and it's it's a bad legacy all around. What, 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 what are you going to do? So all I'm saying is, um, you know, John Hinckley has been out of prison for a while. He's starting a band. History is now remembering him a lot more fondly as the man who the the only thing he did wrong was not be a better shot. 
Um, you know, what I mean, that's yeah. that's really his only mistake. So I'm just saying, maybe the ages of maybe the age of assassination is upon us once again. I, I don't know, man. I don't know, but um, they just burned down somebody's uh, house in like what Sri Lanka or some the, shit. The president and the the prime minister they 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 burned down the houses. Hey, those uh, the Supreme Court judges' addresses are widely available. That's yeah, all I'm well, saying. I'm you know whatever. All I'm saying is, uh, goddamn these motherfuckers. Yeah. Sorry about sorry about the the need to uh, nervously laugh on your on your uh, call in, Fatty. Yeah, I wish it wasn't nervous laughter, but uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's got me too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shit sucks. Um, too bad. Too bad we can't do anything about it. Wink, wink. Too <laughs> too bad. Yeah, too bad. Um, good thing the Constitution is uh, a document by which we should be the, the document around which we should center the, our entire the, the, contemporary the, political the, identity. The single greatest document ever committed to paper by man. That's right, because no no other country has immediately drafted a new Constitution once the old one was no longer applicable. That hasn't ever happened in the history of the developed world. Well, the the like we've said before, the ethereal lines, the ley lines that those boys were tapped into through their massage rights in Philadelphia in 1776 mm -hmm. gave them the prescience to craft a perfect document which would apply and ascribe solutions to any problem no matter how distant in the future it might occur that's right that's exactly right thank god for those boys uh so let's uh let's call it there for the uh the evening so you can get off uh, off to your fishing hole and i can get back home and continue reading the uh drist books uh, so if you want to submit music, it is demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. Just make sure that your year, their submission is a year or less old from the time of submission. Uh, also, if you want to call in, it is 260-222-8341. Just, uh, you can, you know, leave us a message. Just make sure that it's a, a minute and a half or under. You can also shoot us a text if you prefer. If you want to become a Patreon subscri subscriber, it's patreon.com slash demolistenpodcast. And we need those Patreon bucks more than ever now. Because we're we're official, we're on paper, we're ta we're a tax paying LLC. We're a, we're a limited liability corporation, which means we are not responsible for anything that happens. That's right. Not a as not a result a, of this show. Not a single thing. Right. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, if you want to subscribe, it's five bucks and up. Gets you access to all the cool cool stuff that we do. We just you know we we did our commitment records deep dive series, which uh, is a rewarding listen. I assure you. We just recently <laughs> recorded uh, what another one of our bizarro core episodes where we go and, and pick stuff off a of lamb goat and metal injection and stuff and just see what's happening in the world of uh, of post ambient metal core and things of that nature it'll be edited and uploaded sometime this week so if that sounds good to you give us your money and beyond that tell your friends about the show rate and review if you feel so inclined and appreciate everybody who already tunes in and subscribes to the patreon we will see you on the next episode later <laughs>